0: National orienteering podcast, mapping, compass, navigation skill, orienteering competition. i <inaudible> Running like a motherfucker. orienteering podcast. Yes, we warmly welcome you to National uh, orienteering podcast. Uh, this this episode is uh, full of interesting races and. Um, yeah, and uh, during midsummer in Norway, we don't celebrate too much without uh, running or intering. Also, that evening in uh, Sweden, Eva, we know they are uh, celebrating this uh, quite a lot. Uh, you've been living there and take part maybe in uh, such kind of celebration.
1: Yeah, so while in Norway, it's often the traditional weekend of U festival uh, in Sweden there is normally uh, not big stuff happening but this week uh, this time this year we had the ultra long championship on the midsummer weekend
0: yeah uh, uh, we have um, we will talk about uh, AOK the European youth orienteering champs uh, as you mentioned Swedish champs ultra long uh, who uh, were held in Idrefjall uh, the Norwegian U festival Uh, That was held in Oslo uh, or just outside Oslo, and uh, the Norwegian champs in individual sprint uh, that was held in Trondheim, center of uh, Trondheim, Uh, and of course we start in the opposite uh, direction. So at least we will start in Norway with the Norwegian champs in individual sprint. This was a race that was uh, sent uh, uh, broadcasted in the Norwegian television on Wednesday. Uh, did you follow the the broadcast you? yeah so i was watching the
1: the women's race live and then i thought that the men's race would be live afterwards uh, but unfortunately the men had been running before uh, and not it was like a replay on tv so then i got spoiled uh, when i was checking facebook and i saw like the the yeah, region federation had posted the, the picture of the podium already uh, so yeah, the, the women's race I saw live and the men's
0: race I saw the, uh, the replay of
1: when I knew the results.
0: Uh, is there some kind of a critical uh, to the, the, <clears throat> the poster on Finster, uh, on Facebook there uh, I can notice or what do you think? <laughs>
1: yeah, I think when uh, it's, it's, uh, it's maybe one time per year where the, the race, orienteering race is shown on TV and it's not live and maybe then uh, maybe then it would be good to to not spoil, uh, on the on the social media, but yeah, I don't. It's not that important. I was just I, I was just a bit uh, annoyed that I I didn't know it was uh, it was it wasn't going to be shown live.
0: The big uh, media um, uh, uh, social media adv- advantage shown. You know, no, the the big media staff in the Norwegian Federation had a. Quite uh, big discussions before that uh, was um, sent out uh, in the internet, but um, we will al- evaluate also in uh, afterwards. No, but uh, we can go through the race. Uh, you said um, you watched the uh, women live, and we can um, start with them. Uh, we saw there it was uh, uh, quite a lot of uh, Bioson runners uh, uh, taking uh, the top positions. Uh, for a while, and uh, there were um, uh, uh, some ministers look looked like they were uh, would take um, the whole podium.
1: Yeah, or you know they were starting early because they were lacking some 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 ranking, and uh, and the top runners they or the supposed top runners they came in the end. Uh, I think uh, we gave Biosen a lot of credit after the Eukola perfor- Venla relay performance, and yeah, we know that this year they've been aiming more for the sprint races, and now with the home. Norwegian champs in sprint um, in Trondheim where they are from uh, it was it's not really a surprise that they are high up in the result list especially when we take into account that yeah some of the best runners they were not there uh, like Andrina Benaminson, uh some other of the best sprint runners traditionally they have not been focusing on sprint at all this year because it's been forest focus um, so those those young girls from Biosen that have been preparing extra for the sprint they clearly had a small advantage and they took,
0: uh,
1: yeah, they took advantage of that.
0: Yeah, we saw that um, in the end it was uh, Leneberg Hansen from uh, Biosen that uh, won this race uh, uh, seven seconds ahead of uh, the duo Emma Anusson and Inge Lundanes. Uh, both Emma uh, and Inge, uh, they have not been um, aiming too much on sprint so far this year, so they were uh, prioritizing forest running, so... Even though they are showing that there are good orienteers that can uh, be in the medal positions here, and uh, it was Biosen again in number four and five with uh, the two Aida sisters, Ragnel number four and Ingeborg as number five.
1: Yeah, and uh, yeah, for Lena Berg Hansen winning Norwegian Championship is a that's a massive victory. Um, she was winning uh, the Junior Norwegian champs in Sprint back in. 2020 uh, during the covid year Uh, and she was winning women 20 i think she won both the individual sprint and the knockout sprint back then so she's always been more of a sprinter type Um, and this year she's been focusing extra on the sprint and yeah it's a very important race for her of course not only because it's a home norwegian championship but it's also a selection race for the for the world cup and as the norwegian sprint champion i expect to see her in in Czech
0: Republic in a month's time. Uh, yeah, and uh, she, uh, it's worth mentioning that she was uh, running uh, the European champs in sprint in Switzerland uh, uh, two years ago in uh, spring there in uh, 2021. Um, but uh, definitely her uh, biggest achievement uh, so far. Uh, it was wor- worth mentioning also that uh, Rang Leide was... Um, Uh, was uh, going for a medal at least, but she lost uh, quite a lot in the end of the race uh, on the long uh, leg to the last control uh, over the bridge uh, over Nidalva in Trondheim. She lost uh, seven seconds there and she is nine seconds behind in the end, uh, only two seconds behind uh, the shared uh, silver medal.
1: Yeah, So, but I mean, it's... uh... When it's a TV broadcast, it's really, really good that it's close. Uh, and then you, when it was quite interesting because they were running over this big bridge, and there you could, yeah, already from the early starters you could calculate circa how much time was needed uh, to get to the to the finish in time. Uh, and then when it's this close, uh, it's really good to do the countdown down the last almost minute and a half uh, of just dead running in the end. Uh, so, yeah, unfortunately for lady, she went outside the podium this time. Uh, yeah, I mean, she's still young, so she will have more chances, but you never know when is when will an equal chance come along with home home Norwegian Championship a year where the better runners are focusing on the forest races. Yeah, I mean, there's two years until next forest walk, so maybe, maybe she will have another chance then.
0: Uh, yeah, she was... Uh... Yeah, clearly disappointed uh, when she realized it was uh, two seconds uh, from a medal. But uh, I think she is satisfied with the race. Uh, you no, know, uh, a bit uh, uh, some days afterwards. uh you mentioning that uh, you could see a uh, countdown uh, over the bridge? Uh, yeah, actually, the winner in the men's class. He was almost uh, going down there. Did you see that in the in the curve uh, up to the bridge when it was some uh, slippery surface there?
1: No, actually, uh, I must have blinked that. I didn't, uh, I, I didn't recognize that. Yeah, but yeah, uh, Uli kastri Barnesen, the winner of the knockout sprint earlier this year, uh, taking his third gold medal uh, in Norwegian Champs this year because he was also a part of the Anthony team winning the team sprint. Um, Mats Eitsmo, also Anthony in second place. And then the big surprise, Mattis Holt from Freydi, the, the other, uh, one of the other local Trondheim clubs uh, in third place uh as in as in the women's class we had a lot of runners in the top I think the entire top five is runners that is from Trondheim or have been studying in Trondheim Uh, in the men's class if you're looking at the top uh the top 11 it's one was it is it one guy it's one guy that has not been studying in Trondheim or running from a Trondheim club so uh, the local dominance was extremely strong in both classes and especially in the men's class where Anthony and Fredy took all the six top spots.
0: Uh, Mattis Holt that is uh, taking the bronze medal here. He is the, brother, uh, the older brother of the bronze medalist from the j sprint uh, last summer, uh, Mikkel Holt. So uh, there are two good sprinters in that family and uh, the older uh, is the best here uh, in this uh, Wednesdays race. Uh, Um, And uh, I think, um, yeah, there were many of the runners um, that was uh, maybe not complaining, but explaining that it was quite tough uh, running already on Wednesday after uh, the ukulele weekend. Yeah, of course. And um, as we saw with the women, uh, or
1: even more on the men's side, there was uh, more of the top runners. They didn't didn't show up uh, naturally with the world championship just three weeks down the road. Uh, and also some of the guys, like yeah, Hova Eidsmo, he was number four in the sprint world championship last year. Uh, but this year, his, his focus has been entirely on the forest. Uh, and you can see that in the in the performance level. Um, yeah. Yeah, he is, so,
0: uh, yeah, he is half a minute down here. Uh, but uh, Erik Langendal Breivik, uh, he was winning this uh, sprint uh, last year. Uh, then it was just uh, two days or three days ahead of the world champs in uh, Denmark. And he Eric was interviewed uh, from the, the Norwegian television, and he said that uh, this year Ulrik is uh, really fast, and uh, and uh, he would not have beaten Ulrik uh, this year because he, he is not so good in sprint uh, because of the forest focus uh, from uh, Erik and maybe also some of the others uh, so far this year. Yeah, and I mean that makes sense when when there is
1: a forest World Championship. Uh... The best runners—they are training for the first World Championship, not for uh, Norwegian sprint champs. Uh, but that doesn't take away from the guys that are running well here. I think uh, Ulrikas barnes has shown this year that he's clearly taken another step, uh, and he should be definitely in the World Cup team. And I, it won't be a surprise if he is able to fight for a top ten in the World Cup uh, in Czech and or and and the same also in the European champs this autumn. Um, some some weeks ago, he we ran a a really good fifteen hundred meter. Uh, so he's very fast. His sprint technique is seems very solid. Uh, so yeah, it's not the perfect race, and it's not it's not what the level you can expect from Casper Fosse. But it's, uh, it's it looks pretty decent.
0: I think he's not so far behind Casper uh, Fosse, or, uh, if it's behind on this uh, type of uh, sprint. But Casper uh, uh, will uh, strike back when it's more technical and uh, more. Uh yeah curves and uh, and uh, yeah uh, tricky orienteering i think but yeah, uh, we'll get the answer soon yeah uh, we got an uh, other answer uh, on the way we- uh, from when we moved to friday uh, then it was from uh, trondheim to until um, oslo when the orienteering festival or u festival in norway was uh, started with the sprint uh, uh, east in the town it's uh, in um, Uppsala was uh, arranging this event, and it was uh, Haraløkker, east of uh, Oslo Central. And here uh, again, we saw the same runners in the top, but uh, Leneberg Hansen got uh, a lesson there from the Danish champs this year, Hedvig Valbjørn Gydesen. She was clearly best uh, in this sprint. Yeah, so Leneberg Hansen was
1: once again the best Norwegian runner, uh, but she was almost 50 seconds down on Hedvig Gydesen. And I think that's, uh, that's no surprise. Hedvig uh she was doing well at the World Championship last year. Uh, she's clearly been improving this year. Um, it seems like she's on very, very good route until the, the European champs, where I, I expect her to definitely be in the fight for a top 10, maybe even a top 6 in the sprint there. And it was clear that she was in this race she was on, a, on another level than the Norwegian girls.
0: Uh, I don't have it on the microphone, but I talked to her after the race and she was uh, saying just that uh, you mentioning here that uh, she's aiming quite hard for the European champs in sprint uh, this autumn. And she has uh, quite high expectations there also. And uh, I think she shows her that she's uh, a really good sprint runner. Yeah, no doubt. Uh, so yeah,
1: 48 seconds out of Leneberg-Hansen, 50 seconds out of Anne and down to M. Arneson in fourth place one thirty-five. So that's really, really big differences for a sprint race with a winning time of 13 minutes.
0: Uh, and in the men's class, it was uh, Ulrik asterberg uh, again. He was best. Uh, Harris was, here it was even tighter. Uh, only three seconds down to uh, the first Cornelius Björk uh, from Bekelagets and uh, Mas- Mats Edsmo, who was number two in the Norwegian Champs, he was here on number three, 15 seconds down and uh, Sigurd Persson via one second uh, behind the medal positions here with uh, fourth place and, then, yeah, we and see... then, then we see Mikkel Holt uh,
1: in fifth place, the younger brother of Mats Holt uh, so the junior this, yeah, was a bronze medal at Jaywalk Sprint last year and the sprint sprint relay medal. Yeah, so two medals at Jaywalk last year. First year elite runner, uh, now in the top five. It's it's not been. Uh, yeah, some of the, his, some of his competitors from last year like Cornelius Björk and Tobias Alstad, they've maybe been slightly better than Mikkel Holt this year. Uh, but yeah, Mikkel Holt is also developing just fine, and uh, maybe next year he will be he will beat his brother again.
0: Uh, Mikkel had a really great uh, jaywalk uh, goal in the sprint relay and medal in the uh, forest relay together with uh, uh, Cornelius Kessetlöfel and, and uh, Martin Veuskjavre. So, yeah, uh, it was uh, it a good uh, jaywalk for him. Um, from the sprint uh, there on the Friday, we had a middle distance. It was uh, uh, out in the forest there the day after and uh, t- really technical terrain there in uh, Östmarka in Oslo, is the training uh, terrain for Väckelaget uh, and Uppsala uh, and yeah, it's uh, those uh, hills that go uh, yeah from uh, north south and if you're running uh, the other direction, it's quite tough. Uh, have you any experience from uh, Östmarka, Ivar?
1: Yeah, I mean, even if it's on the east side of uh, Oslo, all the Oslo clubs are training there quite a lot. Uh, and I think I ran my first race there back in 2009, when it was uh, selection races for the Nordic champs and the European youth orienteering champs. Uh, so I qualified for my first AOC or my only AOC uh, in in Ostmark terrain. So yeah, I've, I've been there quite a lot. And it, as you say, it's uh, it's really really nice, but it can be extremely tough if the if the course setter wants to be. Uh, demonic Uh, but yeah the courses this weekend looked very nice Uh, some some really tricky choices in the long distance Uh, the middle distance was seemed very very smooth Uh, it was quite quite close both in the men and women's class for the middle distance Uh, among the women it was four girls within one minute and five seconds and among the men it was six the, the top six was separated by only one minute and 12 seconds so um, maybe not the most tricky course, maybe not the most challenging terrain
0: for the middle distance.
1: Uh, and therefore, it was quite close.
0: Yeah, and uh, as you mentioned, uh, on top of this race in the women's class, it was uh, Andriina uh, uh She was winning uh, yeah, just uh, uh, a bit more than half a minute ahead of uh, Kaja Vincenzov's Noragen. And then we have uh, the veteran Arne and Häusken Norberg uh, one minute down. Anne Dirkon, uh, 105 down, uh, and uh, world championship reserve uh, from Sweden, Andreas Sansson, uh, slightly more than uh, two minutes down. Um, and uh, uh, Andreas Sansson, she was starting quite early here, so maybe a uh, drawback uh, for her uh, in uh, this race to start a uh, couple of hours before uh, Andrine Banjemensen.
1: Yeah, and then of course, uh, Andrine Banjemensen is, yeah, she's grown up in Oslo. Uh, Kajavinsas Norwegian, grew up just south of Östmarka and ann husken and has been living in Oslo for, I don't know, 20, 25 years. So all those three know this terrain very well and know how to do it. And yeah, that's it's not easy for Swedish runners to come here to a terrain type that is uh, that is really, really well known for the local runners.
0: Yeah, we saw also uh, in the men's class, it was, uh, you mentioning the Trondheim it was uh, quite, uh, yeah, two Jonsson brothers from uh, Oslo. We had isaac Jonsson, is winning this race, uh, 44 seconds ahead of Vega Kittelsen uh, with uh, Mats Eismu um, in third one one second down on uh, Kittelsen. Elias Jonsson, he is uh, slightly under... Uh, uh, one minute behind his uh, younger brother that's uh, quite um, uh, prestige i think yeah, in th- this family what do you think
1: yeah, i think um, yeah uh, definitely it's always prestigious like that and uh, but i think uh, elias is normally on top so it was a big victory here for the for the younger brother to win this race and beat beat elias here
0: and then we see the Weerstöller, a youngster, um, from uh, uh, south in Norway running for Antanui. He was number five. And uh, the veteran Magne Daly, he was uh, uh, number six. Uh, uh, just uh, more than one minute down, 112. And maybe we saw that uh, Magne here, uh, he's uh, not been running so good in middle distance uh, uh, earlier this season. Maybe it was a sign that he was... Uh, he was number six there. A,
1: a sign of what? I mean, uh, basically the entire World Champions team are missing. So if all were here, he would have been out of the top ten maybe. So uh, maybe a small step in the right direction with the, with the small margin. But I mean, this is a type of race that the um, Ali, back in the good old days, he should
0: have been winning this race. Yeah, and uh, I meant a sign that he was uh, going to win the day after. Uh, (laughs) uh, Because he did that. Uh, He came on the last uh, start number on uh, uh, quite tough uh, long distance uh, uh, on Sunday. And winning uh, clearly with uh, more than three minutes down to the youngsters, uh, Cornelius Christoph Löfvall. Petter Mathisen is um, three and a half minutes down on third position there. And we see Ulrich Ossip-Arnesen. Uh, four minutes down on the fourth position. And here we are uh, getting these uh, route choices uh, that are that are characteristic for Ösmakka-oriented uh, Did you see that, uh, you Yeah, I
1: had a look at the live locks and uh, I didn't spend too much time analyzing it, but it was clearly, you know, when you get stuck in the cliffs and you go too much straight and you have to go up and down, up and down, up and down, you, you lose some time. Um but yeah, it looked like a very nice course. And I know that the terrain there is really nice. So it was really one of those races I wish I had been running. Uh, but yeah, maybe I, I will go back there and run run the course another time.
0: Yeah, it was uh, um, a nice course setting there from Ole Um Ule Pedersen. Um, uh, but it was quite tough uh, because uh, it was uh, quite uh, hot uh, in uh, Norway this uh, weekend. So... Uh, and many runners uh, struggled with the uh, long uh, winning time there. 100 minutes, it's, uh, yeah, it's not been too many races uh, so long this year.
1: Nope. And then, of course, uh, these races are also part of the Norwegian uh, selection races for the World Cup in Czech Republic. So, of course, very important for Magnet to win. Uh, but the selection will be really, really hard for Janne Salmi and his team because, uh, yeah, the guy's doing good. On the Saturday, the middle distance, they were bad on the long distance. Uh, Elias Jonsson, which needs to qualify, he did not perform really well with number four and number six. Maybe that's not enough. Erik Langdal Breivik also has to qualify as he was is only reserve for the World Championship team and then he's not pre selected. And yeah, he has been struggling with some injuries since, uh, since Jukula. So he was just walking in the forest on the middle distance and not running the long. Uh, so, yeah, it will be really, really hard to, to fill the last spots in the, in the team for the, for the World Cup.
0: On uh, top of that, uh, I mentioned Anders Westl, uh, number five in the middle distance. Uh, he was uh, getting the wrong map uh, at the start uh, on the long distance, uh, together with uh, at least uh, uh, Nils-Christian Halleru from Halden. Uh, uh, they were getting the Elite 2 map uh, when they were definitely running Elite 1. So Were them, they
1: guessing or did they pick the wrong one? Because I've, because i i i picked the wrong map once. I took the elite two one map when I should take the elite one. So yeah.
0: No, I think they they got the wrong because it, the wrong. it was uh, yeah there was a mistake from the organizers. Um, there. Uh, yeah,
1: yeah, that's not good. Uh,
0: so it's really um, yeah, it's really not good, uh, especially when. Uh, uh, Vestal is running good and he's in uh, yeah slightly in the discussion here and uh, it's uh, not making things easier for uh, Salmi Nubag, and uh, Renard who is uh, trying to uh, select his, uh races but I don't think they will select the winner in the women's class on the long distance so.
1: no but they, maybe they should uh, and now she's not working for the anti-doping Norge anymore is she? so then she can run
0: yeah Uh yes, the
1: <laughs> yeah, so Anna-Magic <laughs> the super veteran, uh, took uh, the victory here. And I mean, it's extremely impressive that she can win a tough, tough, long distance, uh, a minute ahead of Andrine Benjaminsen, and with m- more than four and a half minutes down to Kaja Winslet, then in fourth place you have Anders, and in fifth place you have Ingrid Lundanes, these are girls that are going to the world championship, and they are far
0: behind Häusken um yeah how uh, she said as you you mentioning that uh, she she know the terrain and uh, and she's uh, quite good uh, running in uh, the heat uh, and uh, yeah uh, and uh, and of course she, she is uh, quite uh, sympathetic there and uh, telling that the other girls uh, they are thinking about world champs in their head and I I can uh, concentrate on this race uh, but uh, I, I mean, it's really impressive. She is 47 years old and uh, and performing like this in a race that is lasting for eighty-six, uh, more than 86 uh, minutes.
1: Yeah, and I think the, her her kilometer time is, is it's good uh, compared with the men. I think she lost less than one and a half minute per K to the Dele. And yeah, normally I think the two is normally around... 50 to 60 seconds behind
0: per kilometer. So, yeah, I mean, it's very impressive. Uh, But, um, yeah, she is not going to the World Cup. Uh, Do you have any... uh, Have you looked at uh, how uh, Salmi will uh, set up his team? Any uh, pre-selection from uh, us here? Well, so all
1: the World Champions team is pre-selected. And uh, as there is sprint and sprint relay, we will definitely get to see some of the... Good sprinter, so Uli Kassi-Varnesen should go. Uh, Lena Berg Hansen, the Norwegian champion, should get a spot. Uh, I think uh, Mathis Holt deserves a spot because there was another sprint race. counting for this selection was the Sprint Weekend in the beginning of May, and he was number three in that race as well. So he deserves to go. Mats Aitsmo is probably getting a spot for the sprint, at least. Maybe not in the Forest Team. We will see. Uh, among the women and Marnesen and Kaya Vincent nordhagen definitely should be in the World Cup team. So, yeah, I mean, it, I don't think we will see
0: any big surprises, but, I mean, some new names will come, definitely. Yeah, it's always uh, interesting uh, with the new names. Uh, and if we move to Sweden, uh, we saw there was a new name on top in the Swedish uh, Champs Ultralong that was uh, held in Idrefjäll uh, on Sunday. Rebecca Heinrup uh, from Sturotuna, Quite quite surprised there.
1: Yeah, uh, I think uh, Caroline Olsson was the big favorite. She was the biggest name on the start list and yeah, but she she quit the race quite early on. Uh, we had a front duo with uh, ah it was with Veronica Kalinina and some more, maybe Uskin Channlin, I don't quite remember. Ah, Tilda it must have been. Tilda and Veronica Kalinina. They were in the front and then they made big, big mistakes and then Rebecca Heinrich. And some other runners, they came past in the in the in the slope where the other were making a mistake. And then, yeah, it was a tough race, long race. I think the winning time was almost two and a half hours. So in the end, it got yeah quite split up. And uh, Rebecca Henry could run in as a solo victory with more than almost three minutes down to her teammate Tilda back. So a double victory for Sturettuna here. Uh, and then you spin channel and got the third place. So yeah, I mean Rebecca Henry. It's a, her first medal in the Swedish Champs. Uh, but she's had a good season this year. She, she won her leg at Jumila. Uh, and in a field like this with, yeah, Caroline Olsson was basically the only one national team runner at the start line. Uh, quite a lot of other runners that could have been challenging for a top spots, they were not taking part either. Um, so, yeah, of course, it's always a surprise when someone Someone new takes the first medal, uh, but yeah, I think it's, uh, it's well-deserved. Uh, she, was, she was the best technical in the, in, the, in the difficult slope, and she took advantage of that.
0: Um, if there was a surprise in the women's class, um, in the men's class, it was um, a not so big a surprise, um, even if he was uh, challenged uh, a bit more in the end. Yeah,
1: so Victor Svensk, the reigning champion he defended his title uh, it was a quite ah, it's a, I think it was super exciting because it was happening over such a long course and it was unforced and they ran together for such a big part of the course but still it was quite exciting the fight between Victor Svensk and Max Peter Behmert uh, they were taking some different small differences, there were some small mistakes so At some point, uh, Viktor Svensk had to be chasing to get back up in the front. Uh, and Then in the slope near the end, uh, it seemed like they were all making a mistake. And then uh, Beamer was the first to correct, but he corrected the wrong way. And then Viktor Svensk corrected the right way and he got the control and then he got the gap and could stay away. Uh, So in the end, it was 45 seconds between them. And then uh, I would say a surprise bronze medal for Jonas Andersson from Shields Uko. Uh, Ulle Kalered was in the group with them and I was kind of expecting it to be Svens Behmer and Kalered uh, but then Kalered, yeah, he got dropped and he made a big, big mistake and got to, uh, yeah, got caught from runners behind as well. So Jens Janals was fourth and then Olle Kalered was fifth and Philip Dahl and sixth. So also here, yeah, the two national team runners, they were in the front uh, and then the rest of the, the field was yeah, was it was not the the names you are normally seeing representing Sweden in the World Cup races. So, some some surprises is always due to happen on a long race uh, in heat uh, with, with a bit limited start field.
0: Uh, worth mentioning, uh, Viktor Svensk, it was his uh, second in a row uh, in ultra-long champs. And before that, he had uh, a three in a row in the junior class also, so yeah uh, an ultra long special specialist uh, we see here yeah yeah definitely
1: last year I think he was he uh, won with uh, five minutes or something like that so uh, he' uh, he's extremely strong physical uh, so these long races are suiting him very well uh, I think personally I find uh, the concept a bit dull uh, especially this year when it was Yeah, so it was an unforked mass start and I think it's in one way it's fair with the unforked because normally in the mass starts when you have these four forked loops and stuff, it's so important to be in the group that has the best runners because that goes faster. So in a way it's more fair to have a mass start that is unforked, but then I think it's really important that you have a bunch of really, really long legs where you can make a difference both in the route choices and the physical difference. Uh, I think the courses were slightly disappointing. feel is an area where it's possible to put very good courses uh, for a long-distance race. Uh, but it was basically just every leg was half long, half long, half long. And you basically ran straight on all the route choices. So, yeah, not the best uh, taking advantage of the terrain. But, yeah, it was, uh, I think it was... Uh, a fair race, and the, the best runners won in both classes.
0: Yeah, from ultra um, long in Sweden and uh, Irfial, we're moving to Bulgaria um, and Eyoq uh, there. Uh, it was sprint uh, Friday, long distance uh, Saturday, and uh, it was uh, ended with the relays uh, on Sunday. And the sprint um, Friday, I thought I think it was uh, quite. Um, uh, quite uh, challenging route choices. Uh, there are some legs, uh, and it was uh, quite big mar- margins in the top of the result lists. Yeah, so AOC is a competition in
1: its men and women 18 and men and women 16. But uh, we are we are staying with the with the juniors, so we are not discussing uh, the men and women 16. And therefore, uh, in men and women 18, AOC is always a bit of a strange competition because. Many countries they are sending, uh, yeah, they never send the same runners to J-Walk as to AOC. Uh, while other countries they send their best runners also to AOC and then they go to J-Walk later. And there, you s- therefore, we see some kind of strange dynamic sometimes where it's maybe one or two or three really really good runners, uh, and then a big gap down to the to the other ones. And as we will see, there was this kind of feeling in, in the women's class. Uh, while in the men's class, it felt uh, more like a yeah, l- more level playing field.
0: Yeah, and we can start with the results for a man in the men here. And in the sprint, it was quite clear victory, even though it was, uh, you were calling it the yeah, even more even playing field here.
1: Yeah, so in the sprint race, we had the Hungarian victory for Thomas Felfoldi, Felfoldi I guess. Uh, he won with more than half a minute ahead of Filip Jancic from Slovakia. Uh, Slovakia is a, team, is a country that has some, some good junior runners sometimes. Uh, and, but yeah, we, are, we have been missing them on the top international level in the elite class since, I don't know, Marian Davidic and those guys uh, 20 years ago. Uh, so maybe Filip Jancic can become one of the, uh, the top runners in the future. It will be always, It's always good with more countries fighting on the top stage. Uh, then in third place, we had Grazian Böe Boe from Switzerland, uh, just edging his teammate Lukas Gasser for the for the last medal. Um, then we're in fifth place, we had the best Sweden, Ludwig Lucien, And then we had the Italian runner in the top six. So five nations in the top six, that's uh, always good to see.
0: Yeah, good to see. And uh, uh, in the women's class, there were uh, no surprises in the top uh, positions, I think. No, and these, these are names we will...
1: Uh, talk a lot about in the j preview that is coming up soon and the j I expect uh, clear victory for Rita Maramorosi uh, so second victory for Hungary uh, here in both men and women 18, uh, Ewa now in second place almost a minute down, Ellie in third place, also she from Finland more than a minute behind and then Janka Mikes uh, first year junior uh, from Hungary in fourth place, 103 and I expect to see all these fours really, really higher. Oh, maybe not. Eh, punto is maybe not selected for J walk, but at least eh, Mara Rosi and Oyanau they they will win medals in J walk, and Jan Kamikis will be will be close to if he's going.
0: Uh, we know that last year uh, Rita Mara she was running A uh, uh Junior World champs and Senior World champs, uh, so maybe she's uh, doing. Uh, that uh, strike again this year. Uh, we will wait and see, but at least she will run the uh, jaywalk. Yeah, I think uh, she
1: has to be the biggest favorite when the jaywalk sprint comes around. Uh, winning with 50 seconds out of Evalina, that's really impressive. Of course, Evelina is better in the forest than she's in sprint races, but she's still a very good sprinter at junior level. Uh, so to win with such a margin, thats uh, that's really telling.
0: Yeah, because uh, Evelina Oja she striked back uh, when it was long distance in the forest the day after.
1: Yeah, and there she took the victory, uh, 37 seconds ahead of Rita Maramorosi. And then it was one more Finnish bronze medal for Virina Pelika. And then the, she was a minute behind, and then there was a gap down to Lea Martinova in fourth place, more than two minutes away from the bronze medal. So the front trio here were quite uh, clearly... Uh, quite clearly in front of the rest of the field. Uh, I think it's no surprise that uh, Finland and Hungary, they are always really good in aok and with, with runners like now that has been winning J-Walk medals last year, she's been running the World Cup this year already and Rita Maromarose that's also won J-Walk medals and, and have been running the World Championship before. So uh, It's quite expecting that these guys and these girls are, are dominating a race like this.
0: Yeah, that was uh, not so dominating uh, victory in the men's class here. It was uh, really tight about uh, the gold medal.
1: Yeah, not so, not so big differences and also a lot of different nations in the front. Uh, it was six seconds between uh, Tomas Kuchera from Czech Republic uh, taking the gold medal ahead of Ludvig Lusin from Sweden. Uh, Loik Dequid, that's a hard name. How would you pronounce that?
0: Uh, look, uh, the Quit.
1: The yeah, quit. but that's really funny because that sounds really French, but he's German, so maybe they would say different in Germany. I don't, I don't know. Leuk de Quit At least uh, we we we're going with that. He was third place uh, for Germany, 115 behind and a minute ahead of Christoph week from Norway in fourth place. So yeah, medals for Czech, Sweden, and Germany here with Norway in fourth place. So very, I like these kind of junior competitions, you know, it's where it's different countries are winning the medals because, you know, on, on the elite level, it's basically always Sweden, Switzerland, Norway winning the medals. So I like seeing Czech, Germany winning medals, Hungary and all that.
0: Yeah. And uh, uh, from the Norwegian perspective, it was uh, quite quite a lot, a lot better in the- Sunday's relay, uh, at least in the men's cross. Yeah,
1: so the Norwegian team, they won the, the relay ahead of Switzerland and with Sweden in third place. So, you know, that's more of a, uh, of a no uh, familiar result list from international volunteering events. And, and then in the women's, we had Finland winning ahead of Czech. It was quite a close battle there, just a bit more than a minute from Finland down to Czech Republic. Uh, tight fight for the gold and then Hungary took the bronze but they were more than six minutes behind and that was even with uh, Rita Maramorosi catching up more than three minutes on Evalina Aenao in the last leg so Hungary they were far behind after two legs and then Rita Maramorosi took them up to, to a medal
0: Yeah and uh, and then uh, she ended with three medals in this uh, uh, in uh, this uh, three days uh, and uh, uh, worth mentioning is also that uh, there is a team competition era, and uh, Switzerland uh, won that uh, competition this year. But I, I suspect they are uh, also counting the the youth in the 16-year-old uh, classes. Then, yeah, and we know that some of the
1: big countries like Sweden and Norway they don't send uh, runners in the in the men and women 16. Uh, so in the teams competition, where they count all the athletes are scoring, they all the athletes are scoring points in all the four classes. And there, as you mentioned, Switzerland won just ahead of Finland and Czech Republic. France was fourth, Hungary fifth, and Spain was sixth. And um, yeah, so I think uh, in general, you mentioned that Rita Maria Marossi, she got three medals. Uh, the same goes for Evalina Oyanow, of course. Uh, so those two are definitely in route for on route for the World Championship. Uh, Jaiwalk in that starting Monday next week. Uh, so right around the corner. Uh, this week they were competing in Bulgaria, and then they're going to Romania for next week. So we that those are names we will talk about more in the in the coming weeks.
0: Yeah, we, we will. Uh, the plan is to have a preview for preview for uh, J walk uh, uh, going out uh, some days before uh, J walk starting in third of July. Uh, but uh, uh, there is also senior world champs uh, uh, one week later in uh, Switzerland and. Uh, Switzerland, they had their selection races uh, this week uh, on uh, Thursday, a long distance, and, uh, and it was a uh, middle distance on Saturday, and, uh, and there were not selection, but uh, uh, Swiss champs in relay on Sunday, and, and uh, you are staying in uh, Switzerland, and uh, you could uh, take part in these uh, races, and you, as far as I know, you did um, did only the relay.
1: Yeah, I was uh, I was just watching the selection races as a spectator uh, at scene. Uh, you know, I'm I'm not well enough trained to run a long leg at Jukola and then run a long distance again on Thursday, so I had to uh, I had to watch from the side. And I think it was good because the courses were really long and really tough. Um, so so different from all the other nations, Switzerland decided to have their selection races very late and not at the same place and time as the other nations that had in Switzerland three, three, four weeks ago. Um, And I'm not sure if it's good or bad, we will see the results uh, at World Championship. Um, I think the long distance terrain, the the Swiss had the selection race in, to me, it feels like it must be less relevant than the selection races that was a month ago. Because if you're looking at the old, uh, or the overview map of of the area where the long distance will be, um, yeah, I think we're, we can expect a lot of difficult slow controls at World Championship. And in the Swiss selection race, it was less of these kind of things. Uh, but the, then again, the best runners, they were, were the best as you could expect. Um, and I also think that the Swiss long-distance teams were basically selected before the selection races, so it didn't really matter.
0: Uh, the best runners were not uh, best, uh, the best, definitely uh, in the men's class, I think. Uh, I think uh, one of the uh, absolutely best in the world, he was uh, struggling after a really good uh, leg in Joukola. Uh We can start with that uh, since uh, I mentioned it, uh, but um, yeah. Matthias Kuberts is uh, only number five. Uh, uh, eight minutes down uh, on the winner in the long distance here, uh, in uh, yeah, in the men's class. Yeah,
1: not not his best race, as, as you mentioned. Yeah, just four days after running uh, a long distance, very early on Sunday morning in Finland, uh, he was not uh, not performing very well. He missed quite clearly some route choices. He made some mistakes and was far far behind. Uh, so Joey Hodron, he was. In the class of his own, winning with almost five minutes ahead of Martin Hubmann, uh, with Daniel Hubmann in third place, five and a half minutes behind, Pascal Busch is fourth, Matthias Kubus' fifth, and Florian Hovalt sixth. Uh, but yeah, it was a very long race. The winning time was 141, so it was only five guys below 150, so really, really tough. And yeah. Basically, all of them, all of these ran uh, long and tough legs at Jukola, except Martin Hubmann. He was uh, at home preparing for these selection races instead. But yeah, I think the, based on previous results, uh, Matthias Kibbutz is securing the long-distance team. Daniel Hubmann, he won the World Cup race in Davos last year, so he should be safe in the team. And then Joey Harden with the big victory here, he Certainly cemented his spot in the in the long
0: distance team as well. Um uh, Hubman uh, hadon um, were, there, were they a duo uh, under um, on the road from um, uh, start to finish, I saw it. Um, uh, hadon was uh, starting behind the Hubman. Oh, yeah. no, Martin Hubman, you mean? Yeah, yeah, I mean Martin. So,
1: yeah. yeah, so Martin Hubman started four minutes before. So it took quite some time before Joey caught up with him and then they were together. Yeah, not for a long time. And then Joey ran away in the end as well. So, no, I think uh, Martin hubban he was... Uh, it, w- it, was not a, it was not a team event for those two.
0: Um, it was a big, uh, big margins in the men's class. Um, in the women's class, it was uh, quite tight, even if they were almost running 100 minutes also in there. Yeah, so the estimated winning time before the race was 82 minutes. Uh,
1: the winning time ended to be 97, and it was not because they were running bad. Uh, so the terrain was much rougher than the course setters had, had been thinking. Uh, but yeah, as you mentioned, it was close. Uh, Elena Rose took the victory a minute ahead of Natalia Gempel, with Simona Ebersholt just below two minutes behind. And Simona, she started two minutes ahead of Elena, so she got caught. Uh, underway and I think she got dropped for a while and then she came back and she was finishing very strong um, and then sabine Hauswi was in fourth place almost four minutes behind and then uh, we had the Danish runner Mirit van Odom she was the Danish team where they uh, taking part as well she was number five in the race five minutes down so yeah but I mean it was can Ab that's uh, that's no surprise and I can't see. I couldn't see any other way they would select the team before the race and definitely not after the race.
0: So uh, then we conclude on uh, that uh, and uh, after uh, some rest uh, on Friday they had a middle distance on uh, Saturday. Uh, Here it was a new winner in the women's class.
1: Yeah, uh, so this the whole story about the the Swiss middle selection race is a bit funny or a bit tragic comic maybe. So the the race was organized in the same map as the first middle distance selection race for all the other nations four weeks ago. Uh, Originally it was planned to be somewhere else uh, in in the southwest part of Switzerland, Uh, but then they got some problems with the the access to the forest and they had to move the selection race. And this was the day, this was known the day before all the other nations had their selection race. So then all the Swiss runners, they were running in the terrain where they were supposed to, where they then had to have the selection race three weeks later. And so, yeah. And because of that, as this was not just world championship selection races, it's also World Cup selection races. And then there were some runners that yeah, not uh, that are, that were possible to be selected for the World Cup team. They had not been running these races. So therefore on the Friday, there was this open training in the terrain again the day before the competition. It's yeah, it's something I've never really seen in a forest race before. Uh, but yeah, it's it's one of those things that yeah, it it seems a bit strange. It sounds a bit funny, but yeah, in the end, it probably doesn't matter.
0: It was uh, quite strange. I, I heard that uh, uh, the organizers for the test race in the middle uh, had forgot to ask for access in the forest. Uh, and uh, yeah that can be at or maybe I, I,
1: yeah or they asked like some of the owners of
0: the forest but not all of them or something like that yeah so and then they get to know that uh, the day before uh, the selection race for all, all the other nations uh, and then uh, the national team coaches has been uh, doing some um, uh, courses on the map and uh, also doing some uh, mapping uh, to get a good map there, but then they are known that, uh, yeah, we we can't have the race there, so, um, yeah, so was, yeah. uh, those situations those
1: are really, it's really unfortunate when things like this happens, but yeah I mean, you just got to make the best of the situation, and when you can't have a race there where you had planned, you need to move it to another place, and yeah, I mean, it makes sense to then put it in the in the terrain that is closest to where the world championship will be, and I mean, the the courses for the Swiss selection race was, yeah, it was clearly different than the
0: races three weeks ago. So I don't think you had a big advantage of in running that race. And you're uh, telling you have to make the best of the situation. Uh, the girl who made uh, definitely best out uh, this situation on uh, Saturday was uh, Sabina Hauswirth. Yeah, uh, it's it's been
1: a it's been a rough spring season for her. Uh, she had a lot of health issues before the World Cup in Norway. Then she got sick again at the World Cup in Norway, performing quite bad there by her standards. Uh, she was struggling, didn't run Tumila, still struggling with the health. But then, obviously, the last month has been been going much better. She was number four in the long distance, not that far behind. And then in the middle distance, she she did a solid race and took the victory. 40 seconds ahead of uh, Elena Ross and a minute ahead of Marianne Ebbé, um, And then Natalie Gempele, she had the first, the fourth fastest time in the race, uh, but she got disqualified because she had, yeah, you know, in, in the middle of the terrain, there is this uh, downhill cycling path. And that was marked as forbidden. And you had to cross the marked openings. And it seemed like Natalie had made a mistake and she missed the path leading to the opening, and then she crossed the bike path on the on the wrong side on the wrong wrong place and then she got disqualified. So then it was uh, Martina Rouge in fourth place, but she was uh, more than four minutes down. so big difference after the top three.
0: Uh, and uh, it's also worth a uh, note uh, that um, uh, Simona Eversol that has a uh, free spot in the middle distance and uh, the world Champs be- because she won the. European champs in this distance last year. She was uh, 11 minutes down in this race.
1: Yeah, uh, not not a great performance from her. Uh, Quite special one, like she started really good on the first two controls. And then on the third control, she lost the direction. And it was so strange because from the GPS, you could see she went like straight into the fourth control. And then she went a bit slowly down and was in the middle, almost in the middle of the circle for the fifth control. And then when I was looking at the GPS, I was like, okay, sure, surely she has been just forgetting the third control, orienteering to the fourth instead. Uh, but then afterwards, she said that uh, she, she, no, she, she was just missing the third control and she was her GPS went straight through the fourth control and into the circle of the fifth control, but she had not seen any of those controls. So very special mistake. I think she lost seven minutes or something there. And then, yeah, of course, the rest of the race is ruined, but she had some some really, really fast splits and then some other mistakes. So obviously her physical form is uh, is looking really good before the world championship, but she is making more mistakes than normally, I would say.
0: Uh, were there um, any other uh, foreign runners uh, taking part here that was uh, matching against the uh, Swiss runners?
1: No, not taking part in the race, but uh, I saw some of them were going out there afterwards. So, Oli Oyanao was was there at the arena getting a map and stuff. But, yeah, I don't know if he went faster. I haven't seen his time or anything like that. So, no, only the Swiss runners to compare with Europe.
0: Yeah, and uh, in the men's class, it was, again, uh, this... Uh, Altitude training and living in Davos was—is it a success for Martin Hubmann? Looked like.
1: Yeah, so great weekend for him with the second place in the in the long distance, and then he took the victory here in the middle distance, two seconds ahead of Matthias Kieburtz and 46 seconds ahead of Daniel Hubmann. And uh, yeah, I mean, it's uh, for Martin Hubmann, it's always. It's always good to beat the older brother, and this weekend he did it two times out of two possibilities. So uh, a perfect weekend for Martin Hubmann, really, and, and he he had some pressure. He had he had to perform, and he certainly did. Uh, he's the only one of the best runners that skipped Uccle, and that clearly paid off this weekend.
0: Yeah, and Danny uh, is um, definitely running um, the middle distance in the World Champs. Uh... Uh, Matthias Kibutz, he is uh, pre-selected. Uh, and it's interesting, uh, here is uh, Florian Hovald, uh, uh, that uh, may be a favourite in this team also. He is uh, down in um, seventh position.
1: Yeah, but I think he has... he
0: Florian Hovald has so much credit in the bank from before.
1: So And he was also running really good in the... Uh, in this race uh, a month ago when... I think he was second behind Casper Fosser there. Uh So I think Florian Hovalt he has his spot in the team for the middle distance, anyway. uh, Especially as, yeah, they have four places and it's the the World Championship program is so tough. So I think a runner like Daniel Hubman will not run everything. So, yeah, I'm not. uh, I don't think there is reason for Florian Hovalt to be worried about about his spot in the in the World Championship team.
0: It was um, yeah, it was a gap from uh, Hubman on third to Joey Haddon in fourth position uh, yeah uh, and, the, and the, that was that was
1: the gap was almost one and a half minute and then it was almost one more minute down to the fifth place so it was neither of the of the young ones were really uh, putting in a very very strong ap- application to to get the, the spot in the middle distance team and therefore i uh, yeah uh, it will be really interesting to see how they do it with the i think the relay is the key um, because I, I expect keyboards and Daniel Hubman to run the relay, and then it's very open between Martin Hubman or Joey Hardorn And if it's Joey for the long for the relay, then Martin Hubman only gets to run the middle distance, and that seems a bit harsh after winning the middle distance and second in the long distance. Uh, if Martin Hubman gets to run the relay, then I think Joey will run both long and middle, uh, and then of course Florian Hovalt the last spot for the middle distance. But yeah, that's uh, that would be a very interesting selection. Uh,
0: uh, but yeah, uh, yeah uh, Hovald, do you don't think he is uh, uh, a man for the relay?
1: No, I think he would have needed to be really, really good in this middle distance race. Also, because I think, I think the terrain for the relay uh, is not really suited for Florian Horvalt because, of course, the technical challenges is always big, uh, but. In the part of the forest where I think the, the relay will be held, it's it's really, really steep. It's going to be really, really physical. And I think that suits both Martin Hubmann and Joey Harden better.
0: And uh, then maybe uh, the guy who has won uh, two European champs in the relay for the second team of Switzerland. I'm talking about Martin Hubmann. He can get yeah. a, a gold medal in the first team for Switzerland in home, so it may be. Maybe. And yeah, I mean, Martin Hubmann.
1: he is also, he was running the, the relay in the World Championship two years ago in Czech Republic. So he has, he has World Championship experience running in the relays. Uh, Joey does not have that. Uh, but then again, Joey was so good at the, at the last leg of the, the World Cup relay in, in Davos last year. So they have two, two really, really great options for the last spot
0: uh but uh it's also worth mentioning uh, he, this is uh, uh champs uh, that are on home soil uh, and of the guys we are talking about here uh, kibbutz has experienced that before but uh, all the others has not experienced that so it's a really uh, lot of pressure running in the relay team uh, aiming for goal in the uh, world champs on home soil
1: yeah, and for those who are now surprised that Daniel Hubmann has not been running a world champs in Switzerland before, it's the first time in 2003, then he was still a junior. It was his last year in junior age. And then in 2012, he injured himself at the European Champs and he he, he missed the home world championship. So finally, at the age 40, he will finally get to run the home world championship.
0: Uh, yeah, it was a really bad injury there in the relay in the spring in the European Champs in uh... In Falun, uh, in uh, Sweden, he he his uh, his um, Achilles. It was uh, off in the uh, running there, so he had to struggle to the changeover uh, to get out uh, the last man in the relay, and then he was out for uh, for the summer uh, when it was uh, home soil uh, uh, world champs, and uh, yeah. Uh, I think uh, he he was doing an operation after the season. That was the plan. Uh, he should just uh, uh, take care of the injury with painkillers. But uh, then it was off uh, there in the spring. So uh, 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 he um, he what uh, do you say? He escaped Switzerland when uh, all the others were running on home soil there. Yep, yeah, but now it's yet.
1: Three, three weeks to go. Hopefully, he will be. Uh, nothing will happen in the lead up to, to this World Championship, so he can finally get to run at home soil.
0: Yeah, and uh, you got to run uh, also in uh, the Swiss relay champs, but uh, you were out of competition, as far as I know.
1: Yeah, both out
0: of competition because I
1: think I think I need to live in Switzerland in, for five years before I'm eligible for participating for real in in the Swiss champs, or maybe it's even seven years. So it's a long way down the line, uh, but we were supposed to run the uh, the relay, to so me and the the Hovalt brothers. Uh, but Florian, he hit his knee on the on the middle distance the day before, so he had to skip out, and therefore we had not a complete team. But yeah, I was running, I was running the first leg, and it was a first leg with a lot of good runners there. Um, basically, it felt like uh, all the the whole national team had got the instructions that, yeah, try to get to run the first team first leg in your team so we can have a really good start field so Daniel Hubmann can have a good training session before the first leg at the, the World Champs relay. And a good relay session it was for him. Uh, even if he got beaten by Fabian Ebersholt on the first leg, it was a, a good performance from Daniel Hubmann. And, yeah, setting the foundation for a, a clear victory for the big favourites, Uwe Regiovil
0: yeah, and in that uh, team, it was uh, maybe two of the runners uh, for the Swiss uh, team in, um, in the World Champs. Uh, Martin had a second leg. Yep, so it was Daniel Huban on first leg, then Martin Huban on the
1: second leg. And then the last leg was slightly shorter, and there they had the, the young guy, Janis Hutzli, first-year elite runner this year. Uh, but also, yeah, he was in the junior national team last year. He's a, he's a good runner, even if he's not he's probably not that familiar outside of uh, outside of switzerland but he's a young promising runner uh, and they are of course that's a very very good team uh, i think they would they would hold up very good in a norwegian champs relay or a Swe- swedish champs relay uh, of course when you have two world class runners and and the third guy is also pretty good it uh, that's that's logical and here they didn't have any real competition uh, and they were winning with like 10 minutes ahead of Ulge Fefikon And then Ulwe Barcelona in third place were just behind there. And then it was a big gap down to uh, to team number four.
0: Uh, and it was also uh, in the women's class, it was uh, also uh, quite big uh, marg- margins um, in the top.
1: Yeah, the women's relay was, uh, was a bit funny because... Uh, yeah, so Owe big favourites, of course. Uh, they, I, I have the feeling that they are winning every year. Uh, but not not with their best team here. And they were uh, quite far behind in the beginning because <laughs> it, it was Owe Lge in Buchse that was leading uh, very big after two legs. I think the lead were almost 12 minutes uh, after Elena Ross had been running the first leg and then Mario and Abby was running the second leg. Uh, and then they sent out Brigitte Hovalt and you you are so old that maybe you even remember that she won a world championship medal in the relay in 1985 and now she had to start out in the in the front of the of the swiss relay champs uh, facing runners you know 40 ah, 30 years younger than her
0: yeah she is uh, she is 62 years old this year so so it's quite uh, quite impressive that uh, she's uh, heading out there it's quite uh, quite uh, nice of her to to take that uh, challenge i think yeah and, you
1: know it was quite long legs uh, as well i think uh, the, as for the men the last leg for the women were a bit shorter than the two first but still Sabine Hauser was running 50 minutes so it's it's not a, it's not a short relay leg uh, but yeah it took I think it took 25 minutes for Sabine Hauswirth to catch up and take the lead, and then of course uh, uh, when she got in the lead, there was no there was no real challenge at all, and uh, Uwe Noska won with a big big margin ahead of Uelko uh, Argus with Ellen Gempel and Marita Hotz and Sanna Hotz. and then Uel Rejovil uh, that was in that won the, the men's relay. They were third in the women's relay, also with two hubman. Uh, with Nina Hubmann and Lisa Hubmann on the last two legs, they got the bronze medal.
0: Yeah, I think uh, the keyword here for this really was uh, family, and uh, and uh, yeah, it was a lot of uh, brothers and sisters running in the in the teams there. Uh, and we have seen um, in Yokohama uh, one week ago that uh, was uh, a family dominating in the winning team for men there. And uh, as uh, next episode uh, we are focusing on uh, Jaywalk, we will. Uh, we will uh, give the shout out for orienteer of the month in june already um uh, and uh, yeah there was a guy in this uh, brotherhood uh, who will take this
1: yeah there's a, there's a lot of good options for orienteer of the month this year because we had some yeah some really high level performances both at the international world champ selection races uh, of course also the swiss selection races uh, and especially at Jukola and Venla, there was a lot of good performances. Uh, so my pick of Orientier of the Month in June is uh, Viktor Svenst. Uh, he barely missed out on the VUK selection. Uh, a selection that very much can be debated as, as he was beating Isak von in the selection race. And Isak von still got the last spot in the Swedish long-distance team. Uh, but then after the disappointment of missing out on the World Championship, um, Victor Svensk put a fantastic performance in at Jukola at the sixth leg. Uh, one of the best relay performances I've seen uh, in the last few years. And then he completed the, the month with the, another gold medal at the Swedish ultra-long championship. So I think that's a well-deserved uh, shout-out as the orienteer of the month in June for Victor Svensk.
0: So he's uh, not only winning... Uh... Jukola and uh, Swedish Ultra Champs. He's also getting uh, the achievement uh, interior of the month in evenational orienteering podcast. Uh, uh, next uh, week we will uh, have uh, talking about uh, who we think will uh, getting the biggest achievements and medals in the uh, Jaywalk in uh, Romania. Um, yeah, and as Jaywalk it starts already next Monday, so therefore we have to
1: record it in the weekend, so it's all out and ready so you can listen to it before jwalk starts uh luckily there is not that much important stuff going on in the weekend uh there is a swedish championship in knockout sprint but the participation number is really really low so and of course the timing of the event is really bad uh with world champs just around the corner so it seems like as yes yeah, as neither the Swedish Federation or the Swedish runners really care about that race, it's okay that we need to do it either. So uh, maybe, hopefully we will record the J-Walk preview on Friday or Saturday. So at least it should be available on Sunday morning. So you have one day to to listen to the J-Walk preview before the J-Walk kicks off on Monday.
0: Yeah, I really look forward to uh, to take a deep uh into the look at the upcoming stars in the orienteering world and i uh, we can promise that will be a good preview and i hope you also look forward to that until then uh, we will see goodbye and uh, thank you for listening so far bye bye
1: Mannen dro ut og løp orientering, med kart och kompass og med rektige sko. Siktet så gare til beste notering, for kroppen var lett og god.
0: Ivernasjonal orienteering podcast. Map and compass. Navigation skill. Orienteering competition. Jeg har bommet noe jævlig på. På bosset her oppe. like a motherfucker. Ivernasjonal orienteering podcast.